this evening. We're going to begin reading in chapter number 37 and uh, of Ezekiel, and we'll begin down, we'll start reading verse number 4. You've been sitting for a little while, if you would stand, and out of respect to the Word of God, stretch your legs for a moment. The Bible says again, He said unto me, prophesy unto these bones, and said unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Father, I pray tonight you'd touch me, Lord, and help me. Father, I pray that you'd bring these thoughts, Lord, back to my mind the way you give them to me. And I pray that as I attempt, Lord, to proclaim the Word of God, I pray you'd help me do it in a way that's so clear that the youngest uh, that's here can understand what I'm saying. And Lord, I pray that nobody would leave tonight wondering what it was I was preaching about. But I pray that everybody would know, Lord, what it was that was being preached. And Lord, I pray that more than that, that Lord, they wouldn't just have it in their head, but I pray they'd have it in their heart. And I pray, Lord, that you'd put a desire in all of us, Lord, to see these dead bones live again. Lord, these things that we've witnessed and watched lay idle and quiet. I pray for those that are here that might be lost. I pray you touch their heart. And I pray, Lord, that the wind of the Spirit of God would blow tonight through this service. Lord, it might move us. Lord, it might shake us. It might break us. And it might get us to where we need to be. Lord, I just ask now you'd help me. Lord, I'm unable to do this. I don't desire to do this without your divine help. Lord, I pray now you give me that which I stand in need of. For it's in Jesus' precious name, Lord, I ask it. Amen and amen. This morning we began preaching in verse number 3 where the Lord asked Ezekiel a question and he said, Can these bones live? Can these bones live? I thought about this afternoon and I thought about where Jesus, I believe it's in Mark chapter 10 where the rich young ruler come to him and I believe it's also in Matthew and in Luke, the account of that and and that rich young ruler come to Jesus and he, and he talked to him and he said, Master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus started beginning to converse with him and talk to him. And finally the Lord said, go sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. The Bible says that rich young ruler, he went away sorrowful for he had great riches. And the Lord turned back to the disciples and they were all standing there shocked and amazed. And they said, Lord, who can be saved? Uh, well, actually, Jesus looked at them and said, it's easier for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to be saved. And they looked at them and said, Lord, who then can be saved? Jesus said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. One of the great things about being a child of God is that all things are possible. It doesn't mean all things are going to happen, but it means all things are possible. 
And that means, listen, as I said this morning, I, there's nothing I like more than to be in the midst of a great move of God where we see miraculous things and people saved and, 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 and people that are away from God get right with God. And, and we look back years and months and, and, and even decades later and we talk about it and we rejoice in it. But I want you to know that if it does not happen, it's not because it couldn't happen. God with God, all things are possible. Ezekiel's looking over this valley of dry bones and he says, Lord, he says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel says, Lord, you know if they can live or not. Amen. <laughs> what he was saying is, God, if they live, it'll be you that causes them to live. If they come together, it'll be because you brought them together. And I, I want you to know tonight, there's no recipe for revival that hey, you can put two scoops of this and four ounces of that and a tablespoon of this and a teaspoon of that and shake it together and put it in the microwave and have revival. It takes a divine act of God. Uh, but I want to know, I want you to know tonight that if we ever see these bones live, uh, there's some things I've been praying about for a long time since I was just a young boy. And, and, and it's not happened yet, but I don't want to give up on it uh, because I believe that there can, there can, and there will come a time where I'll see those dead bones live. We talked about the need for revival or the need of revival. And I'm not going to re-preach all this, but in fact, we just read it a minute ago where um, he said these were they which were slain. These were people that had died in war. They had been, uh, uh, been uh, killed in battle and they had lost in the fight. And, and oh, listen, how many tonight have died in the war? How many have died in the battle uh, serving the Lord and, and some not serving the Lord? And you know, the Lord give us the, the, the armor to put on, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation. Uh, the Lord is to be guarded about with truth. The feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He armed us, but there's one part of the back, the part of the, uh, the soldier he did not arm. It's the back. And I'm afraid there's many that have fallen because they turned and began to run away. Uh, even the apostle Paul seen in his life, he said, only Luke is with me. He says, that demons have forsaken me, having loved this present world has returned unto Thessalonica. And you never read about Demas again. Why? He died on the battlefield. He died in the war. And listen, and I'm just saying that these people uh, were dead. They had been, just, they had been uh, uh, slain by the enemy. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of families that they're just dead bones. They're just a shell of what they used to be. I pray that God would help us to see the need for revival in our own lives. It's easy to sit back and turn on CNN if you choose to watch that, amen. I just soon read them uh, black and white papers at the grocery store and talk about the baby that born three heads. I mean, because that could have popped, but the Enquirer, is that what it's called? They still have those? I try to stay away from the grocery store at all costs. But it's easy for us to look out wide and see the need for revival. It's easy for us to see our government and say we need revival. But that's not what brings revival. Revival comes when there's an introspective look in our own heart and we say, I need revival. I need to live. There's things in my life that have gone quiet. There's things in my life that are laying still. There's things in my life that need to be stirred again. It need to, the other day it got warm. Uh, a little, it, was, it was the warm spell before the cold spell before this warm spell. You know what I'm talking about the other day? 
And I, I remembered, I said, I need to go crank my lawnmowers and my, my four-wheeler and all that stuff just to get it running. I always do that periodically. And, and man, you want to talk about, I, 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 it, was, it was rough. They were smoking and sputtering. But you know what? After just a few minutes, guess what? They were running just as smooth as they were when I put them up. And you know, there's a lot of areas in my life that, I mean, uh, uh, symbolically speaking, they ain't been cranked in a long time. They ain't been used in a long time. We've not, there's prayer altars with dust on. There's Bibles that are stuck shut. There's people we've not witnessed to. There's tracks that ain't been handed out. There, there's things that have not been done. And listen, we need to all realize none of us can say we don't need revival. The need. Then we began preaching on the necessities of revival. In verse 4 down through verse 6 and 7. He said, first of all, this morning that there must be a return to the sovereign will of God. God's will should settle every matter in the Christian life. I believe that with all my heart. The will of God should settle every question in the Christian life. What do you mean, Brother Martin? I mean this. Is it the will of God or is it not the will of God? I think a couple weeks ago I was preaching about how, I believe it was in Ephesians where he's talking about according to the riches of his grace, how he, he, he the church, how we are rich in the family of God, that was it. How the fortunate and how we should never say we can't afford it. We should say if it's God's will or not, because if it's God's will, he'll make it where we can't afford it. And, and the truth of the matter is, if it's God's will, that should settle it. If it's God's will that I do it, it should settle. If it's God's will that I don't do it, it should settle. I believe we make a big mistake when we try to, we try to discern and decipher the will of God for other people's lives. You understand? You know you're wasting your time, you're wasting your energy, you're wasting your life trying to get somebody to conform to your will and your wishes and your wants when they're not submitted to God's will and God's wishes and God's wants. A lot of marriages fall apart and by no means am I Bill Gothard. I surely ain't Bill Gothard, but I by no means is some. He went real nutty. I knew he was crazy when I used my parents used to drive me to them children's seminars. I knew he was nutty. But anyhow, come to find out he was more than just nutty. He, he, anyhow, but... I'm saying this that instead of trying to make our spouse the person we want them to be and trying for them to make and trying to change each other, make each other what each other wants each other to be and trying to make our kids what we want them to be, trying to make everybody, why don't we all just throw up our hand and say whatever God's will is, that's what we want. And if I'll be what God wants me to be and if my wife will be what God wants her to be and if my children will be what God wants them to be, then we'll all be better off together. Because the Bible says he was carried. He was carried. He carried me out in verse number one. He carried me out in the spirit. He carried me. That implies that Ezekiel that was yielded and, and was submitted to the hand of the Lord on his life and allowed God to put him where he needed to be. But anyhow, we said then verse four and five, he told him to prophesy on these bones. Prophesy. We must receive the sound word of God. The Word of God can change your life and it can change mine if I allow it. I won't say it's the Word of God that's helped save you. The Bible says in First Peter, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The Word of God. Uh, James talked about the engrafted Word, how it converts the soul. And listen, the Word of God, the Word of God is life-changing. Uh, Hebrews 4 12 says the word of God is quick and powerful and, and it's discerning of the thoughts and the intents of the heart piercing even to the sign and center of the joints and marrow the word of God listen the, God said Ezekiel now if it had been us we probably I don't know how we could have come up with a way to make them live but I guarantee you we wouldn't have said hey brother James go preach to him 
That's what God wanted. Do you know God chose preaching? He chose preaching. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, in the world and its foolishness knew not God. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching. Not foolish preaching, but the foolishness of preaching. There's never been, a, if you want to see an illustration of the foolishness of preaching, it's Ezekiel standing on the ridge, looking over a valley full of dead bones, lifting up his voice and saying, Live! <laughs> Live! I mean, how much more? I mean, can you imagine the spectacle that was? But I want you to know, uh, this evening the world looks at preaching as foolishness. They look at uh, what we're doing tonight as foolishness. But what the world cannot see is there's an almighty God that has ordained what we're doing tonight. And this Bible I'm preaching from, it's not my book. It's not your book. It's His book. And the words that I'm preaching tonight are not my words. They're your words. And if we won't reveal Bible. We need to get hungry uh, for the Word of God again and say, oh God, I need it, I need it, I need it. Uh, let, the, let the preacher preach what I need to hear. You know what's amazing? When I go to a meeting somewhere and I pray, God, let him preach what I need to hear, I always hear what I need to hear. It don't matter what he preaches on. You understand? You can be lost and a preacher preach a sermon on tithing and the Holy Spirit take that message and convict your heart. You know why? Because you're, needing, you're, you're, you're willing to hear. Listen, God, God will only speak to an obedient ear. It's, listen, a lot of times we misunderstand where when we think about the leader, leadership of the Lord in our lives, we, 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 and, and I'm guilty of it, we all are. I'm not trying to point my finger. I'm just I'm trying to help me and y'all and everybody else. We think that God leads us and then we decide if we're going to do it or not. No. Listen to me. God will speak to the one who's already yielded to obey. Does that make sense? A lot of times we want to, we want to figure out what it is before we decide if we're going to do it or not. But when we get to that place in our life where we say, Lord, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, Lord, whatever it is, it doesn't matter how deep in my heart it is, it doesn't matter how much it is, it doesn't matter uh, uh, how, how long I've held on, whatever I need to do, whatever it means. If I have to apologize to somebody, I can remember as a boy, revival, half of revival was just people going around hugging each other's neck and telling them they loved them and apologizing for things. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I don't know if that Maybe it was a sign of uh, problems, you know what I mean? The church, I never would have known about, but it seemed like somebody's always apologizing to somebody for something. But anyhow, but I'm just saying tonight that the Word of God, God will speak to us if we come with an open ear and open heart and we say, Lord, give me, speak to me. Have you ever noticed how when you eat, everything tastes good when you're hungry? Everything. I mean, it don't matter what it is. I mean, these kids, they go through these growth spurts, and I mean, they'll get in there and they'll get a box of cheeses. Just, hmm. Oh, my. Oh, best cheeses ever had. Now, is it the cheeses that are good? Or is that why? Or is it because they're hungry? And Jesus said, They that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Here's what we should pray Lord, create in me an appetite, a desire, a hunger, a, a, a longing for the Word of God. The Bible said that uh, the Lord said, Ezekiel, prophesy. You said, Brother Martin, the, prophet, the office of prophets no longer, uh, well, partially true. A prophet had two jobs. He was to foretell, that was to predict future events, and that's over with. 66 books when the Bible ended that, that office died 
But a prophet also had a job to foretell. What I mean to say is he, he had a job to preach what God had said. You see, a prophet, here's what made prophets different. They'd see what other people could not see, but they was willing to say what nobody else was willing to say. And the Bible says that Ezekiel, God said, Ezekiel, stand and prophesy. Tell these bones to live. It wasn't the word of Ezekiel that caused them to live. It was the word of God that came forth from Ezekiel that caused them to live. Anyhow, so there you have the, re, the, the, the rehash of this morning. But we're going to finish this out tonight. But verse 5. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, actually, well, we, 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 I, I said that, and the Bible says, prophesying, and behold, I'll cause breath. Verse 5, behold, I'll cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. It's amazing that Lord was telling Ezekiel to prophesy unto these bones as if they were already alive. He'd give them personal pronouns. A bone is not a he. You understand? This is faith going on here. <laughs> and look down, it says in verse number 6, and all thy sins bring, and, and, and bring up, up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So all this happened. All this happened. It says, so I prophesied, verse 7, as I was commanded, as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold a shaking. And the bones came together bone to bone. And, and then in verse number 8, and when I behold all the sinners, the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. Now, as Ezekiel's preaching, he's saying, breathe. He says, I'll cause breath to come on them. And he said that he prophesied. And, and, and he said, I said, for, 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 for there, he said that he's prophesied for the wind, for the breath to come to them. And, and what we see here is that Ezekiel, he's praying for the breath of God, the wind of God, that life of God. Did you know that in the Garden of Eden, that God made man? He, he made man in his own image there. He created him from the dust of the ground and put him together. And he, and he, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life if God had never done that the body of Adam would still be laying there did you know tonight I, I said that the necessities of revival are first of all to be a return to the sovereign will of God then to receive the south but finally there must be a reliance on the strong wind of God the breath of God the spirit of God Listen to me tonight. Jesus said in John 3 when he was trying to illustrate to Nicodemus about the new birth. He talked about the Spirit. And he said it's like the wind. It bloweth where it listeth. He said you cannot tell from whence it came. And you cannot tell where it goes. And here, uh, what I'm saying, the necessities for revival is we can put all the bones together we want to. We can cover them in flat. We can hold it all together. But all we've got is a body. All we've got is a body with no breath. There's a lot of bodies with no breath. A lot of church bodies with no breath. There's a lot of individuals that they've got bones and flesh and they're, they're there, but there's no life in them. You remember when Jesus appeared on them in the upper room? John 20 and verse, I believe, 22, and the Bible says, and He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Ghost come upon them and indwelt them like cloven tongues of fire and they stood forth and preached. But what was Jesus doing in the upper room? I'll tell you what He was doing. He was, he was giving them enough power to make it from there to Pentecost. Amen. 
You can say what you want. He did. That's right there in your King James Bible. You can try to hop, you can try to dispensational it out, but it's right there in the King James Bible. God, the Lord Jesus, he breathed on them and gave them some power so they could make it to Pentecost. Amen. But at Pentecost, he, wasn't, he didn't breathe on them. The Lord breathed in them. Amen. And they indwelt their tabernacle. Amen. That's a blessing of salvation as we are the temple of the Holy Ghost that's in us. And God's Spirit is in us. But how uh, you and I need a fresh touch of the Lord. You can't see the Spirit of God, but you can sense it. You can't. In verse 7, he said, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy unto the wind. You know what? Wind, you can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. You don't believe me? Just go right down here to 1748. And look to your left. Go up, uh, is it Pritchard Road? Go to the end of it. Turn right on Cardinal Road. Go up 45, turn left. Go up by the old tractor place, John Deere and Widener's, and then turn right and go down Main Street. Has anybody, maybe everybody else has just gotten used to this, but every time I, I go up there, it makes my stomach drop. Again, just like I, it's, it's, I still don't understand. It still blows my mind what one storm could do. I want you to know there is a stronger and a mightier wind than that. Amen. Amen. That's the wind of God and the wind of the Spirit of God. I want you to know when the wind blows through a church, you may not can see it, you may not can hold it, you may not can, but you'll see the effects of it. Amen. I tell you what else, when a church gets right with God and a church gets on fire for God and the wind's blowing in people's lives, they'll do some damage. I mean, I don't mean bad damage. Uh, they'll make a difference. You understand? Can you imagine that F5 tornado coming right through us and that's not being saying, well, I can't even tell there was one. It, there's no, it, you understand? I don't know what the, I don't know what they've ever come to a conclusion on the wind speed. I've heard, you know, that thing gets bigger all the time. I mean, I've heard five, I'm on the, on the but, but it was, I tell you what, it's bigger than anyone I ever want to see again. I won't tell you, I can look in my life. I can show you times in my life where the Spirit of God blew through my life. And, I can, and there's no doubt, there's no denying it. God did some things in my life that I've never recovered from. I'm talking about in a good sense. I mean, it's still there. The evidence is still there. The, the, the mark is still there. And, and the Bible says that the necessity of revival is we need to get back to a place where we rely on the breath of God. We desire the breath of God. We pray for the Lord to breathe and to blow and to move in our presence. Have you ever gone to church and you could just sense the Spirit of God was present? We don't base everything on feeling. I understand that. I understand that. But I believe when God moves, the child of God can sense it. It's how, it says His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. And you know what happens when the Spirit of God... And, and listen to me, uh, and, and if you don't like it, if you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then I pray that you'll understand it and, and that you'll sense it in your life at some point in time. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you've never been saved or anything like that. I'm just saying you need to pray and ask God to move in your life in such a way that uh, we can... Uh, uh, Brother Samuel Allen said that, that there's many children of God that live and die and they never experience the fullness of the Spirit. 
You talk about the fullness of the Spirit, people get nervous, but it has nothing to do with tongue talking. It has nothing to do with goosebumps. It has nothing to do with hair standing up on your neck, but it has everything to do with the wind of God moving in your life and dealing in your life and working in your life and taking control of your life and, and, and listen and having a preeminence in everything you do. Without the wind, these bones would just be bones. Skeletons just standing there. But because of that strong wind, that's why I'm praying that the Lord would move in my presence, in my life, in my, in my family's life, in such a way that we look back years from now. Do you think we're ever going to forget this tornado? I hope we don't. I mean, for the rest of us, as long as we're alive here, until the Lord comes back, we'll tell people about that day. We'll talk about it. We'll go through town and say, I remember it, there, it went right through there. Can you see? And I promise you, I, I hope they do a good job. I'm praying that, I'm praying that, that somehow, this, somehow God turns this for, for good, not evil. But Brother Mike, I don't care how good they do cleaning up. I don't care how nice the buildings they build back. It'll never be the same as it was when that wind come through. And I really believe true, real, I mean genuine, God sent, heaven sent, Holy Ghost, real revival. When it goes through a church, when it goes through a community, I believe that after weeks and months and years, and, and as time goes on, people will still say, I remember when God moved right there. I can remember it like it was yesterday. You go around out Wycliffe and Barbell and talk around, talk to some of the people, and they'll tell you, they'll tell you about when Percy Ray come and preached out there on the river and had a tent set up. They still talk about to this day about what they experienced when they seen the wind of God move in their church and their community. Now quickly in verse 7, I want you to see the nature of revival. Talk about necessities. Now I want you to see the nature of revival. How will we know? Or how do we know? How do you know that something happened here? Well, first of all, I want you to see the secret of new life. There was new life here. These men had died in battle, and now they, they were alive. There's new life. I don't know if I'd want to be there. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, I wish I could be there. That's one place I don't know if I want to be. I'd rather just read about it, talk about it. But nonetheless, I want you to see the secret of new life. What was the secret? In verse 7, he says, I was, So I prophesied as I was commanded this is not going to blow your mind it's not going to be one of them you know euphoric thought things where you're like oh my goodness that's so profound but I'll tell you what this is this is life changing truth you know what the secret drew to new life in your walk with God is a renewed obedience to the clear commands of God you know what the secret to Jesus' life was obedience he said over there in, in, in Hebrews, he was quoting the Old Testament. He says, Behold, I'm come to do thy will, O God. And that's what Jesus did. He told his mother when he was 12 years old, he said, No, you know that it must be about my father's business. And throughout his life, that's what he did. He did his father's will. He did his father's will even in the Garden of Gethsemane as the weight of the world crushed down on his soul. He said, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm saying this. What happened? What happened here? What's the secret to revival? Obedience. Kids, you want to see revival? Start obeying the commands of God. 
It's real. I mean, y'all got an easy one. This is like T-ball. Obey your mom and dad. Amen, Ginger? I'm just kidding. I'm praying. You're a good girl. She babysitted for us, or not? Gave George a bath, fixed supper. I mean, the house was still, it was a miracle. But I really believe kids can obey their parents, like the Bible says, and God will bless their life. Not just at the end, it'll add years to your life. Guaranteed that promise. That's the only commandment that comes with promises, honoring your father and mother. But you know what also? You can see God moving your life. I remember when, when I got right with God, I was 17 years old. It was a week after July 4th. I got right with God. It was a Wednesday night. I'll never forget it. Donna G was singing, He Didn't Throw the Clay Away. That song, y'all heard that? Empty and Broken. I came back to him. That's so unworthy, so marvelous. But anyhow, she began singing that song. I got up in the choir and I was in the, I didn't sing. I testified. I apologized to the church, the preacher, everybody else for where I've been. And I remember I went home and I told my daddy, I said, Daddy, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. Now, you got to understand him with Jackie Martin. That's you, you had to know God. I told him, I said, Daddy, if you want me to come home at whatever time, and I'm not bragging on me, I'm just testifying of, 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 of in my life how simply following the little things, how God will bless. And, and you know that from that day till this day, we've had our differences, we've had our arguments, we've had our, our problems, but I promise you, I, I feel like that that moment when I submitted to my mom and my dad, and I said, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not going to run around, I'm not going to sneak out, I'm not going to fight, I'm not going to argue, I'm not going to rebel, whatever you tell me to do, I believe that at that moment, God done something in my life. Do you know husbands? You know one that's easy? You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna hear it, but love your wife. It's Christ love the church. You know what God will do? He'll bless not your own your marriage, he'll bless your life. For saying, Lord, I'm gonna obey your clear commandments. Quit worrying about over there in Revelations 19 what the third toe of the fourth beast out of the fifth trumpet from the sixth seal, what that toenail means. Quit worrying about that. Get back to Ephesians where it says, husbands, love your wives. Ladies, your turn. I'm just kidding. Y'all know what? I, I, I'm trying to speak. God said prophesy, Ezekiel, and guess what he did? He did as he was commanded. Now God ain't got a job. Everybody in here ain't going to preach. You understand? But there's clear commandments we can all obey. And if I'll do what God, if I'll obey them clear commandments, and there's all of us, it's just like kids. There's some things that Drew don't mind to do that Ginger don't want to do. And there's some things that Ginger don't mind to do that Drew don't want to do. You understand? And it's the same with God. There's some commandments that are harder for me to obey than it is for you to obey. But there's some that are harder for you to obey. But if we'll all just obey what we know to obey and do what we're supposed to do, guess what? God will bless. Amen. He'll bless. Signs, the, 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 the secret of new life, the sounds of new life, verse 7, he says... And there was a noise. There was a noise. When new life comes, there's always noise that accompanies it, accompanies it. The first birth began with a cry. The second birth begins with a confession. When you're born again, you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's when you're saved. What are the sounds we'll hear when revival comes? I believe one of them is, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes you say, but Martin, I don't know if I, the, the, the thing is, have you ever had something like, I think I've done something, but I don't know what it is. 
Everybody, I know men's done that. I know I did something, but what did I do? It's like when you was a kid, you knew there was daddy was mad about something, but you didn't want to confess to him something he didn't know about. So you had to kind of play, check the temperature, find out. Is that, but it's amazing how, how simple just saying, I'm sorry. Forgive me. But how come it's such a fight for us? You want to know why? Because our nature don't like to do it. We like to hear it. We do. Because our pride don't want to humble ourselves and look a brother or a sister in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I, I, I failed you. Maybe it's as simple as I hadn't prayed for you like I should. I hadn't been a, a brother to you or a sister to you. I hadn't been a, a, a fellow church member. Or, 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 or You understand? I, I mean, what are the sounds? I, Ezekiel said, I heard noise. There was noise down there in the valley of dry bones. It was quiet before the wind blew. It was silent. The only thing you could hear was the bone in the air and the, and the crow but now he said I heard noise what are the sounds of revival you'll hear things like I love the Lord thank the Lord amen <laughs> you'll hear weeping on the altar testifying in the pews witnessing in the streets and the glory of God will go up from his church when the wind blows the sound, no, he said there was noise in verse 7 that he said there was a shaking. And the bones come together. Oh, they're shaking. There was this signs of new life. Shaking, that means vibration, earthquake. It's talking about a shifting going on. Let me ask you, I, I, I'm, I'm winding up. I'm about, I'm about wound out. But I'm what they call the people that study underneath the ground, the earthquake studiers. Seismologist. I'm not a seismologist. Don't have one of them things hooked up watching it. In my, but I do know this: when there's an earthquake up here, that's just the results of something that happened down there. You understand? Something began to shift, and I'm really praying for this one around here. This fault line. I just pray she stays quiet till the tribulation. Then whatever happens, happens. But until then, but, but. An earthquake is, is, the, is the results of something happening down there. And when you sense it or when you feel it and when you see it, it's long after that's happened down there. And what I'm saying is revival, the signs of, 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 of these bones living, is something gets to moving down there where people can't see it. But if you experience revival, if I experience revival, let me say this. If our church had a real revival, it, it wouldn't take long. It'd come to the surface. The structure of new life. He says the body, in verse number 7, it says that the bones came together and the sinews and the flesh came upon them. The structure, the structure of new life, here it is. The bodies came together. <clears throat> God always sends revival for the edification of the body of Christ. I feel like we got a pretty close church. I do. I do. I do. I feel like we do. But I think we could have a closer church. You ever, you ever heard that song, Blessed to be the tie that binds? You ever read the story behind that song? Y'all to read it. Study it. 
And it's a song about Christian unity. And I was going to preach this morning, and I probably will sometime in the near future on Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, where he talks about, I therefore the prisoner Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where you called. He said, endeavoring to keep the spirit of unity in the bond of peace. We cannot create unity, but we can keep unity. And what happened here, boom, come together. Fingers joined hands, hands joined wrists, wrists joined arms, elbows joined shoulders, shoulders, and it all come together. When, when God moved, it all began to come together. I want you to know that no matter how close the church is, no matter how tight-knit it is, no matter how much of a family it is, if, if there's not revival, and there, if there's not seasons where the Lord breathes and moves on a church, it'll fall apart. The strength of new life, verse 8 and 10, it's the, it's the Spirit of God where He said, come blow. The strength that gave these... The Bible says it wasn't until the wind blew that they were able to stand upon their feet. A lot of us has been sitting down for too long. We need God to blow upon us to give us strength so we can stand upon our feet again. The secret to a sustained revival in our lives is the Spirit of God. The reason most of our revivals are short-lived is because they're dependent upon the energy of the flesh. When the preacher leaves or the choir or the song singers leave, then it leaves with it. Verse 13 and 14. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. The, sound, the song of the life. Here, here's what he's saying in verse 13 and 14. He said, when I do this, you're going to know I'm the Lord. What he's saying is, the, 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 the outcome of all that happens in this chapter here is that God is glorified. He said, when it's done, he said, you're going to know. And by the way, what he's talking about here is um, prophetic. There's coming a day where God's going to, Israel right now as a nation spiritually is dead. And they're going to be slain during the tribulation. They're going to be persecuted like never before. And in that, when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes in that sec the second coming of Christ, when He comes and He sets His feet down on the Mount of Olives and it, and it divides hither and thither and He walks into the city of David, He sits down on the throne of David. And that day when Israel, that nation, beholds Him, the, they look upon Him whom they've pierced and there's a nation born in a day that that graveyard is going to be wakened, it's going to be stirred up again. You understand? That nation's going to come alive spiritually. That old stony heart's going to have a, have a soft heart put in this place. And anyhow, but the truth of the matter is this is a symbolic for Israel, but I believe it's apple to us because, listen to me, when God does it, He's going to do it in a way where we can't take any credit for it. He said, when it happens, He said, you're going to know that it was I that did it. You shall know that I am the Lord. Who have opened your graves, O oh my people, and brought you up out of your graves. Shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. We should all ask the Lord to do a work in our lives in such a way that He gets all the glory.
when nobody can try to explain it, nobody can try to where it cannot be, where nobody can put their finger on anything we did or anything we are, or anything it, it has to. And we all we can say is the Lord done it. The Lord done it. 